when you move abroad and all of those things are different, you start to see what of your identity was made up by those markers and what is you and what is maybe shifted and what's changed. And I think that process of sort of actively engaging with and and changing my identity has given me so much empathy for other people. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where we believe living with intention through a bucket list lifestyle is a great way to bring yourself personal joy. As you are crossing items off your list, you're actually filling up your bucket. The more items you cross off, the more joy gets added, until eventually your joy spills over into the lives of those around you. Now, let's start crossing it off together. This time, I'd like to welcome uh, our bucket list storyteller for this episode. Her name is Amber Haggerty, and she describes herself as a world traveler an expat, thoughtful, and compassionate. Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so tell our listeners, what did you cross off your bucket list? Move to Ireland. Move to Ireland. Okay, so first off, where'd you move from? Good story, uh, or good question. I was living in Colorado during, you know, for that's where I'm originally from. And then I had sort of accidentally moved to Philadelphia um, in March of 2020. <laughs> Um, so my partner and I had been planning to visit his family and that's where they live. Um, and we had booked our flight months before for March 10th, 2020. Um, and we flew (laughs) and we got to Philadelphia and just right around then was when it felt like everything started to get serious very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got to Philadelphia. I literally had brought my yoga mat because I thought I'd be going to yoga studios, um, (laughs) which sounds goofy now, but, um, but yeah, so, so we found ourselves in Philadelphia. We didn't necessarily want to go back to our tiny apartment in Colorado. Um, so we were in Philadelphia, just kind of waiting to see what would happen. And while we were there, we had always talked about moving to Europe. Um, you know, for years and years, we had thought about it and we were, we were just walking and I had this thought that there's never been a better time. (laughs) Like everything is locked down. Our jobs are online. Like there's no reason not to do this right now. And so that kind of set this whole um, set of events in motion, but, but yeah, so it was, it was sort of a, 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 on a whim uh, one day on a walk. So what was it about moving to Europe for you that you were having those conversations before you actually did it what was why why europe and then eventually why ireland yeah so importantly my partner is a dual citizen so he has an irish passport his dad grew up in ireland um so we had visited he had grown up he had spent part of his primary school in ireland um so i had visited twice before and I think we just in the backs of our minds had always thought, um, I, I I guess I'll back up a little bit. I think I had always wanted to live abroad starting, I would say maybe not always, but starting when I was in college, I kind of, it kind of occurred to me that it would be a fun thing to do. I really enjoyed studying abroad. I studied abroad in Amman, Jordan. And wow. you know, after that, it was a very cool experience. And I I thought, you know, this is something I really enjoy. So I moved, I moved back and, and it just was so sort of always in the back of my mind. Um, and we traveled to Europe several times um, in my 20s. And, and Ireland appealed to us first. Um, we had, he had some family here. Um, it was mm-hmm. a little bit more familiar. 
we didn't really understand the treaty rights. Um, so I, in retrospect, we could have moved anywhere in the EU, but we didn't know that at the time, uh, or we didn't really know it at the time. Um, so in a lot of ways, Ireland just felt kind of perfect. And, and then once we sort of started to move, I, I think that was when I really fell in love with it, but I, I don't want to overemphasize how much I was thinking about Ireland because I think I was just in love with the idea of living abroad mm-hmm. um, and Ireland just felt like the right place. And you talked about a little bit about um, treaty rights and the EU. And so explain that process. He, he has dual citizenship. And what does that mean for you all in this process of moving? So the EU treaty rights don't um, apply to our situation because he is an Irish citizen. Um, he was able to sponsor me as they, they call it a de facto partner, um, which is sort of like a spousal visa, um, but we're just not married, but Ireland looks at them pretty similarly. So it's, it's a really similar process to someone bringing their spouse over. But what I meant by treaty rights, um, so I, I have some friends here who are also from the U S, um, but married to maybe a Portuguese citizen or, um, or a French citizen. And because of treaty rights, those people who have citizenship in other EU countries can sponsor a spouse to come to Ireland. So I know, I know some people just in that situation. I did not know that. So <laughs> me either. <laughs> yeah. Is that something you learned, you know, in the process or like, when did that, when did you figure that out? Oh yeah. So I, I would say I actually learned that pretty late into the process. I, we had moved and when we first moved, we moved onto this um, farm in Wicklow, Ireland, which is um, the county about an hour South of Dublin. So we were living in this really rural location and I didn't really meet very many other, well, very many other people because of the lockdowns and um, all that. But also I didn't link in with the expat community until we moved to Cork. So we moved down to Cork um, about a year and a half ago. And when we got here, I kind of took on this project of meeting people and I was very intentional about it and went to meetups and went on Bumble, BFF and and took all of these uh, different approaches to making friends. And when I started meeting people here and talking to other people who were in similar situations was when I started to learn about how other people had moved and and the things that they had done differently. And so that was when I started to learn about things like, yeah, like how treaty rights work or, or the process of applying for citizenship or all of the kind of intricacies of, of, of moving abroad. So let's go back just a little bit because not that I think there are gaps in your stories, but I want to understand. So you, so you were visiting Philadelphia Mm-hmm. stuff went sideways and you decided that okay now's the time to go how did you have still had your stuff in Colorado right yes so <laughs> so how did all that like the actual moving process go for you how'd that happen yeah so we had left we had a 6 a.m flight um so we had left our apartment essentially in the middle of the night we were living in Boulder um and we never went back to it my sister, I happened to be graduating from college at the same, you know, a couple months later. And so she came, lived in our apartment through the end of our lease, packed it up, um, moved it all. So all of our stuff is sitting in boxes at my dad's house. Um, so she did that for us. And so we moved to Ireland. We had her maybe ship us a couple of boxes. So we moved to Ireland with 
whatever the luggage allowance was, I think one checked bag each, one carry-on and like a personal item. Um, and so we we went back and got some more stuff over time. Um, but I know other people have done shipping containers. That didn't occur to us. I didn't know <laughs> that was a thing people did until long after. So yeah, we moved with a pretty light amount of, th- amount of stuff, but we also we're not 1000% committed to moving. Mm. If I'm honest, we, we kind of went with the mentality of trying it out um, to see if we liked it because we didn't have, you know, we had all of our stuff in Colorado. So I think it was a way it was a, it was a little bit of a strategic decision to try to be a little bit more nimble since we didn't know exactly what we were getting into. Yeah. That sounds smart. We've discussed the uh, physical stuff. Talk to me about the work situation. So you work remotely. How did your employer handle that? What's kind of the, the, is there a pay differential? Is there more taxes? How does all that portion of this work? Start with the work, you know, like the actual still having a job and into the ramifications of doing that in Ireland. Yeah. So when we first moved um, our, our, companies had both gone fully remote because of the pandemic. Um, So when we moved, we had, uh, I had six months, my employer was willing to have me be abroad for up to six months. So his, my partner's employer um, didn't mind having him be abroad. They were a small startup. um, So that was fine with them. So we both moved and just continued working um, and still continue to work um, US East Coast hours. So we work from 2 to 10pm. And so after six months, we weren't ready to go back. That was p- also part of why we were kind of dipping our toe in. So because uh, my my employer had set this kind of deadline. Um, so we reached the six month mark. It was still deep in the lockdowns um, of early 2021. Um, so I left that job and then I eventually started doing some contract work. So I've been contracting. Um, he's still with his startup. So we have, I would say, an unusual situation though um i think most people who move find local um find work within ireland um so i would say continuing to work for us companies i i know people who do it um but i think it's a little bit less common and financially wise it just all still goes through the us do you do you pay taxes in ireland or do you pay taxes in both how does that work so i have to file taxes in both Ireland and the US. Um, But because the two countries have a tax treaty, I don't get double taxed. So any income I make, um, regardless of what account it goes into, I pay, um, I'm pretty sure it's Irish taxes first and then count those towards my my US taxes. Um, But the tax, yeah. Uh, But you still have to, when you're a US citizen living abroad, you still have to file, file your taxes every year. And for your partner, his because uh, he's an Irish an Irish citizen that doesn't change his tax situation. So he's basically his employer is handling because he's a W two. I think his um, employer is handling everything. Okay, so you make it over to Ireland, and what is that experience like? You, you say you were a little hesitant. Of course, it was in the middle of this craziness. What what were you feeling once you got there? Were were you homesick? Did it feel like home? What was going through your head? Yeah, great question. So I think when we first moved, it felt novel and exciting and mm-hmm. like a little 
and really fun. And I had been to Ireland in the summer, but it had been many years at that point. So it was late summer. It was like August. Um, so we got there and I think the, it was kind of just this wash of newness. Um, and it's, it's sort of like, where, where do you buy things? What are the good stores? (laughs) What are, you know, how do you, how do you find a blender? What's the best store to buy a blender? Like that kind of, those kinds of things, um, at first were like very fun, very new. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, it was, it was a, I, I think it was a really fun time. Um, I think the kind of harder parts set in later. So I did feel really homesick later. Um, and I, there were parts of it that, that set in and, and felt really hard, but, but yeah, I think, you know, I think I definitely had a honeymoon period when I first moved. Yeah. I lived in Italy for two months, but I think I knew that it was going to come to an end. So I didn't really experience that. It was all honeymoon for the most part. That's amazing. Yeah. Here at the Crossing It Off podcast, we are passionate about inspiring you in your bucket list lifestyle and empowering you to live out your list. We offer many resources to assist you in your bucket list journey, such as web resources in the show notes, bucket list mentoring services, my book, Live Out Your Lists, a private Facebook group for you to share your bucket list success stories with others, and more. All of these can be found at crossingitoffpodcast.com. Find the resource that fits your need so that you can live out your list. Now back to the show. So you talked a little bit about the expat community. Of course, during lockdown, you didn't have access to that. So can you describe that experience and how you went about finding folks and and when you got to Cork and what was that like? Mm, Yeah. So, and I, I want to give my former self a little bit of credit. I did try when we were living in the kind of rural area, but just Mm. it was between the lockdowns and between the gaps in my information, it, I just wasn't very successful. Um, just saying that for for littler me, but um, but yeah, when I moved to Cork, I um, was tried to be pretty serious. Um, so I, I'm a pretty big fan of goal setting. So my goal was to try to attend. I think I was trying to attend one meetup a week, and then I found out about Bumble BFF, which is um, Bumble, the dating app, and they have a friend side. Sure. Um, so I got on that and I was trying to spend at least an hour. I think I was probably trying to spend an hour a day messaging people. And I was like, I'm going to get my my goal. The thing I told myself was I'm going to get off the app. So as quickly as possible, <laughs> I want to get in. just like dating. Yeah, exactly. Like I want to have, I want to have coffee with someone. I, you know, I, I already had my friends in the U S I, I didn't need more online friends is what I told myself. So, um, so yeah, getting, getting in person and it took a while. It was very easy to start talking to people, but it took quite a while to really find our, you know, for, for me and for my partner, for us to find our people. But yeah, so that experience, you know, I think, I think it was good that it was slow at first because it was so new and also it was coinciding with the lockdowns and the um the pandemic response in the US lifted sooner than mm-hmm. Ireland um so you know we were still things were still pretty closed down um in early 2022 so it was it was a little bit of a melting i think across the board and besides bumble were there other things that you used were, are there facebook groups are there you know how does the expat community like congregate and thrive mm. in, in cork yeah. So, so there are Facebook, 
there's a Facebook group for, um, it's just Americans in Ireland. There's another one for um, Americans living in Cork. So both of those are very active. I, I wouldn't say the reason I didn't bring them up is that I didn't actually meet anyone on those sites, but they mm-hmm. exist and they do meetups. Um, just meetup.com has some events. Uh, so I've met people through those. Um, also Eventbrite. Um, I don't know. Every once in a blue moon, it just occurs to me to check Eventbrite, but I've met, <laughs> I've met friends at Eventbrite events. Um, and then I would say I personally have had the most success with Bumble. Um, and so, you know, meeting people and, and Cork is not that big of a town. I think it's like 250,000 people. So you start, once you sort of start meeting people, it's much easier because people will introduce each other and, or, or you'll find, you know, you'll meet someone in person that you talk to on Bumble. And I had that experience a bunch of times. So, so I think because of the size of the city, it's a little bit more accessible. And once I kind of put myself out there, it was, it was, easier to kind of make more and more and more connections. Yeah. When I think about being an expat, I think that there's, you know, I I think of finding the pub or wherever that everybody congregates. Is that a Mm -hmm. real thing or is that just my imagination or what I've seen on TV? You know, if there is, I'm, I don't want to say that there's not a pub because there might be, and I just (laughs) haven't found it yet. Um, But I would say the groups that I've been a part of were uh, kind of organic friend groups that mostly were made up of people who met on Bumble um, is most of most of what I've run into. Um, so mostly it's, uh, you know, a friend. I have one group of um, of friends that are all, almost all from the US. Um, and we just started meeting each other on Bumble. And then it was, you know, if there was some there was some synergy, then bring in one more person. And so we have a book club and we have our uh, we have garden parties and we have, you know, um, go to concerts and that sort of thing. So, so I, yeah, I'm hesitating because I'm like, yeah, maybe there is a pub and I just haven't been there. (laughs) (laughs) Amber, tell me like one thing that's been like the most standout experience you've had or the most joy you've had from doing this and crossing it off your list. Yeah. I think one thing that I just feel so grateful for is that this experience of living in Ireland, I think has given me such an access to empathy that I don't think I would have had before. And it's, and I think that that empathy empathy comes from moving abroad has this kind of profound impact on your identity. And you start to notice the longer you are away from home, the more you notice how much of your identity is made up from these markers, from the people around you and the cultural context and, you know, the people that you see when you go to the grocery store and you start to see how much of when you, when you move abroad and all of those things are different, you start to see what of your identity was made up by those markers and what is you and what is maybe shifted and what's changed. And I think that process of sort of actively engaging with and and changing my identity has given me so much empathy for other people and how you know they they might be seeing themselves and maybe that sounds I'm not sure how that sounds but um but I I think you know when I see other people and you know they're going through something really hard or they're talking about going through a challenge even if I don't understand what the challenge is I can understand what it feels like to to just feel like your world has dropped out behind under 
dropped out from underneath you and you need to kind of pick up the pieces and put it back together and find out, you know, what's, what's really me and what's, what matters to me and, and how do I actually want to live my life and, and doing it in this totally new context with surrounded by, especially with, when you're talking about other expats surrounded by other people who have done that same dance. Um, and so I think it has, that has changed me in a way that brings me a lot of joy. Um, but also I think brings me a lot of compassion for others that just on a, on a level that I just don't think I had before, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I love that. I think that it can also happen. You don't have to move out of the country, but definitely moving across the country. I think, you know, I grew up in the Midwest and now I live in the Pacific Northwest and it's a different world here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of the great things about the United States is that it's extremely, extremely diverse in lots of different ways. And when you were giving all those lists of examples, you know, geography, I think is also a marker that people, you know, just, you know, I have mountains and I have the Mm -hmm. sound and I have, you know, all these wonderful things that I get to do that, you know, middle of Indiana, there's not a lot of hikes that are too strenuous. <laughs> you know, they can be long, but not, you know, not elevation changes. So I think for me, that was one of the things that, you know, definitely transformed me a little bit when I made that move. So I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Amber, if somebody was sitting at the cafe with you and you were talking and you were sharing this experience with them and they said, yeah, I think I would like to do that. Maybe not Ireland, maybe someplace else. But what would be the one thing that you would say to them that they need to do if there was an X, you know, you got to do X. What's the X? I think the X is find your people mm. and do it in a way that is serious and with some real intentionality. And I, I think that with friendships, it can be so easy to look at our experiences in school or when we're younger, um, especially if you grow up somewhere that's, you know, got a lot of community. I think it can be really easy to move and just expect things to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes they just don't happen and that's okay, but you'll need the way to respond to it is just to be really intentional and to remember that other people are, are having experiences where they're, they're also just looking for you know, looking for friendship to happen. And so if you can be the one who steps out of your comfort zone and invites them and, and be the person who, you know, have people over at your house, have, uh, make the plans, be really intentional and be really, uh, just, just be really intentional about, about making community because moving abroad, moving to Ireland, um, moving, moving to any country is a, moving within the U S it's a really isolating experience. Um, you're just, you're moving from what you know to what you don't know. And in that, you know, there's, there's so much potential, but I think you can really, um, make your life a lot richer and your experience a lot easier. If you have people around you physically around you, um, to share the experience with and stay of course in touch with people from home, like don't lose those ties either, but, but yeah, like, really, really make the in-person stuff happen. Yeah. It's, you know, for some people that's an extremely difficult task in general, just even, you know, not having the move. So doing the move on top of that, I would think you would really need to be intentional about, about making friends and, and growing that community around you. It's important. 
Amber, what else is on your bucket list that you want to cross off? So I thought about this. I, I think the big thing, the big life thing is, is becoming a, um, a dual citizen. I really Mm -hmm. want to work towards that, um, in Ireland. And, uh, I, I think it's a few years off. Um, but, but yeah, it's on my bucket list. What kind of process do you have to go through with that in Ireland? So uh, because I am here as a de facto partner, um, I need to reside in Ireland for five years. I've been here about for about two and a half. And then um, after that point, when I have enough, it, they count the days. Um, but once I have enough days, which equates to about five years, then I can apply. And the application process, um, I've only talked to people who have done it who are married, which I think is a little bit simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it takes, it, it's a pretty involved, <laughs> long process. It was it was a long process to get the visa to come here. My application was 400 pages. So I imagine the citizenship oh. <laughs> process is going to be longer. Um, but uh, but yeah, so, so you pull all that together, um, send it, and they... Uh, yeah, I think it takes about a year to get a decision at this point, but, but um, I have a friend who just sent her application. So excited for her. And, um, but yeah, I think, I I think it's a mostly just keeping really good records and being ready to send them off. <laughs> what's the, what's the why there for you? Why, why do you want to do that? Because some Americans would be like, mm-hmm. no, I would never do that. But what's the why for you? One of the things that I really love about Ireland is I, I think that there is so, I I have so much pride and I, I mean, I, I feel like it's maybe not my, um, not my place to have it, but, you know, Ireland is right next to Britain. It's, you know, it's, it's literally the next Island over and Ireland fought so hard to be its own country and to be its own, um, to be its own nation and for its own kind of self-determination. And I, I in Cork especially, which calls itself the Rebel City, which is where I live. Um, I I just feel reminded of that all the time, and I I feel so um, inspired by it. And I think that really drives me to want to to go for Irish citizenship in particular. Um, also, my family is um, ancestrally Irish, and so that part feels good also. But yeah, I think I think it is a place that. I have this kind of profound respect for. Um, and, and I think that's, that's part of why. And then I think, you know, there's also a lot of practical bits to being able to travel um, more freely through the EU and, um, and to be able to stay longer and, um, and not be on tourist visas and that sort of thing. So there's, there's practical elements, but when I really get into the why, I think, I think that's why. It's awesome. Amber, can you share with us, you know, where you are online and what you're doing there? Yeah, I have a travel blog. I uh, write a, mostly about Ireland and Colorado, the two places I've lived the longest, um, and or two places I've lived. I also lived in Massachusetts, um, but uh, but yeah. So I, I write about um, Ireland and Colorado and and some other European destinations. Um, and my website is ambereverywhere.com. and then I'm also on Instagram um, at amber.everywhere. Awesome. We will make sure that those go in the show notes. So that everybody can find you very easily. Amber, thank you so much for being here and uh, good luck on getting that citizenship. It sounds like I would, I would give it to you if I had, you know, the authority, but I don't. So, well, thank uh, you. Yeah. But I think, I think you're worthy. So thank you for being here, Amber. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on.